podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Who's hosting? <laughs> it's always you. When you were on, it's always you. Oh, yeah, always ask, even though he knows. Yeah. I was, I was going to I was gonna lead in with a pretend story and just start roaring my head off laughing for a change. So, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I won't. Uh, good evening. Welcome along to the forum. It is, of course, Monday night. Um, Gav is with us straight from doing uh, the Football in the World show where he was talking to everyone about Football in the World. Are uh, we favourite things. What was it about tonight? It was just basically any mad stuff you know about football and um, mad incidents, goals, wherever it might be. I mean, we ended up in um, we ended up in a game between two teams in an Indi- Indonesian league that kept scoring own goals, both teams, because they didn't this. want to play against Borneo FC because Borneo are backed by the mafia, and they didn't That's want to play <laughs> possibly possibly win. We ended up there, and we ended up ah, fucking loads of different places. It was deadly. There we go. Oh, that's it. And, and, and anyone that's that's tuned in there in the, in the comments, you need to be watching football in the world. It's a great old podcast and, and video. It's actually way better than this show. We've been doing this way too long at this stage. I much prefer <laughs> football in the world. Um, on tonight on the forum, we're going to be talking about four different things. You know the format at this stage. Joining me up in the top corner there, that isn't Gav, is Andy. Uh, Andy, I don't know what type of... You're, you're looking different tonight. You don't have your hair done. You look like a fella who's just gotten off a plane after a weekend away in Portugal playing golf. Right? That's, that's it. You're a bit rough shade. And uh, you haven't been focusing on the on, on your lighting system, and you've got the television going on in the background that everyone can see in the window. Black Friday yeah. week, Black Friday yeah, week. Black, Andy's Black, up to his hang eyes. On, hang on, I'll turn, on, I'll turn off the telly. It's uh, watching. I'm not really watching that. He was uh, watching. He was watching. Uh, a celebrity get me out of here. He was watching Sia in concert. He was, um, and then down below, Andy, of course, is our one and only resident uh, scouser. Uh, Ray Dicko Dickinson. Ray Dicko Dickinson this week has been taking the Benjamin Button pills. You'll notice he had a shave and he's let his hair grow like a like a naughty school child. And he's looking about twenty years younger and he's put on a tracksuit top as well. So fair play. I have, yeah. Ray, Ray Dicko's Ray Dicko's hair was the absolute highlight of the lockdowns. Um, the last time we came around, and this is why I want another lockdown in Ireland because when we get a lockdown, <laughs> the barber's closed, Ray Dicko just goes mad looking, and he sends you a picture of his hair and he looks fucking fantastic. So, David, Len- on the David, David Lennon uh, mentions baby station, so there, there's the, the, the young fellow on the monitor there, he's he's in the crib oh, at the wow. moment, and uh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, because you got real upset last week, didn't you? It, well, when it came wa- half 11. fucking waffling on, and then Chris Brack put in a bogey round, <laughs> which is a whole lot. And I was like, I have to feed this baby half 11. So, for anyone watching, we'd be going, we're going well by half 11 at this rate. Right? Phil's kid was starving, right? Phil's <laughs> kid was starving when we were doing a quiz, and it turned out that the answers we were given was for the wrong year, <laughs> and it was going over about 40 minutes. And then really? we walked it out. It was but so getting fun. the right answer, and uh, and and that's it. So, uh, right, look, lads, tonight we're going to be talking about four um, things. Andy wants to talk about <laughs> red blowers or the red rifle, um, the what? and red rifle, <laughs> red blowers, something. Part red and rifle, exactly. The red blower. The red blower. Well, the red rifle fires the red bullets, and the red bullets are all red blowers, and they're all running around the pitch. Um, then I'm going to talk about. I'll come back to that in a minute. Um, Gav, you want to talk about replacing the front three? Mm-hmm. And then... Uh, Why would you Dicko, want to do that? 
It's not about just getting. You're fucking insane, relax. Gav. You've become one of these FSG outfellas and you're just shouting oh, things at cameras. Every, every, his, his, his topic is the fucking front tray every bleeding time. Because he can't. No, I need to replace this. Our clock replaced four years' time. Blah, blah, blah. This is not bollocks. Listen, a realist, just, a realist living up, in four years. Time. You're just open the clouds. You just relax. Yeah, relax. The clouds are grand at the moment. Liv- Did you good. watch Liverpool at the weekend? Yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. I even got the score watching the game on Google. Um, and uh, Ray Dicko Dickinson, you want to talk about squad depth? Um, mm. All right, here we go. Straight from the swamp. We're <laughs> 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 gonna try and put a positive spin on it. Oh, right. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> See, Andy, Andy, Andy hasn't read anything today because Andy literally comes on in the morning and says, Yeah, I'll do it. And then puts it in his topic, sticks his phone on airplane mode so he saves his minutes and then comes back in at two minutes to 10 and doesn't know any yeah. concept of what's going on or any, any background thought of what's going on and then just shouts at people. And yeah. you now you've seen it happen again. Red. So I've been awake since three o'clock this morning. Um, so yeah. if I doze off halfway through, it's not because I'm bored of what you're talking about. It's just I'm, I'm actually exhausted. Um, but um, my topic's going to be about Steve Bruce, the next Manchester United manager. Uh, I had a big, huge, long topic about <laughs> empires and dynasties and one and done. And Gav told me, now you have to talk about Steve Bruce becoming Man United manager. And I was like... It'd be absolutely phenomenal. To be fair, I thought this... I think he'd do a good job. Yeah, I, like I, I, I thought this was just one of Mad Sal Campbell just throwing something out there, but it's like it's starting to gain legs. Steve Bruce himself has come out and said he reckons he could do a job for six months or so as the United manager. So I'm, 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 I'm all in. I think Bruce he should be named Bruce but Brian, but Brian Robson um, of this parish has the best idea of them all, doesn't he? <laughs> Well, that's. I think if if Brucey gets the job, he'll need to bring uh, Brian Robson in as assistant manager <laughs> and Terry Venables in as advisor. That'd yeah. be a dream trio. Well, Brian Robson's idea behind starting this Manchester United fiasco out is the yeah. best one. Is to bring the lads. Uh, the lads need to go out on a booze up just to, yeah. just to get a bit a bit a bit of team bonding and team morale going again and sort everything out. It's great. It's great. Yeah. It's, it's it worked. It worked for United well in the eighties. So I definitely think they should follow that line. Definitely, hundred percent. Right. Um, Has them quite York applied because he seems to throw in the. Oh, don't know what Dicko said there. I don't know if Dwight York has applied. No. But- yeah, it's Dwight York applied. He always throws his hat in the ring when Villa look for a new manager. He just needs to change <laughs> tack a little bit. What he? does he do? Does he put does he put like a notification on his phone? Like um <laughs> just let a me know when notification. Villa sacked the manager and then he just has the CV ready and he just says send. <laughs> he just lobs it off. <laughs> I have to I say the that. best the best thing I've seen all day long was that uh, 1897 snow fight in Paris that I sent on to Andy <laughs> somebody has found like an old video footage from 1897 and they are horse and snowballs at each other right and right at right towards the end of it you see a fella trying to cycle through the snow I'm like, oh, this is mad this is 1897 and the lads start lamping snowballs left right and <laughs> he falls off the bike and he's trying to go 1897 snow fight yeah, yeah. I'm going to yeah, a, a colour camera Amazing. Well, no, they, they colorized it. They got your man. That I know, yeah, yeah. Colorize it for yeah. him. So it's, uh, but it brings it all home. So oh, here comes Andy's skeptical. Andy's, Andy's <laughs> going to see us. the fuck out of that video. He's going to find the fucking Ford Mondeo parked on the corner. Yeah. <laughs> Probably the first time. Flying cars. Flying cars. an investigation past. like that. You remember know, remember yeah. your man with the Titanic that had a mobile phone? There's a picture. Oh, don't go into the Titanic. <laughs> yeah. Don't go into yeah. the place. Yeah. I have. Supposedly. 
Supposedly it is, yeah. Constantly right. listening to Carl Torley talk to me about the Titanic and the conspiracy theories, <laughs> and then blames it on Damo and says Damo said it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going into that. The Titanic. Titanic I used to like the, the, the stories around the Titanic until Carl yeah. Torley started talking. I still can't get over your man with the mobile phone though. Like that's the bit that always gets to me now. So he's a time traveler not. supposedly, and he popped up. He was also holding the gun. Um, Seeing Damo up on fa- uh, up on uh, TikTok charges. Ma, <laughs> <laughs> no, he was in. He was in a uh, butler's not wearing his mask. Did you see him? No. <laughs> they were giving out to him. They must have cracked. I go on Facebook and they must, be, must be having a red with him. Uh, <laughs> 104 listeners. Damon <laughs> <laughs> has one of those, uh, you know, uh, top listener fucking symbols on the Adrian Kennedy phone show comments. <laughs> <laughs> He's a direct dial. Like <laughs> Adrian yeah. Kennedy lifts. He has one of those red phones. It's the demo line. He just picks him up to put uh, him straight on air. Demo's fucking gassy. Yeah. He's yeah, fucking great. Uh, right, lads, where are we? Um, first topic, Andy. Red oh, blurs. Red blurs. This is your topic. I thought at the time you said it I was like, oh yeah, this would be a good topic, and we have a great chat about it and everything like that. But like, why did, why did you think, think that? that? What? Why did you think that? Because like a little soundbite like Red Blurs, I can see you being all over it. So that was that was the main reason you chose that. Go on. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I thought it was great. When I heard Trent saying uh, <laughs> Red Blurs, what? Well, <laughs> you know, just the way you said that. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought it was great. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, did. I did. I did. I thought absolutely it was, genuine when you say that. That's a bit I thought it was I thought it was it was so good that I'd misheard it. I thought I had to rewind <laughs> it back to make sure that's exactly what he said. <laughs> Uh, like, cause just for Trent, he's just talking. You know what I mean? He's just talking about the game. And for me, like you know, just a throwaway description. But for me, it describes things really well. You know, opposition players and managers it being sighting and the intensity that they experience in Anfield. Um, you know, since Klopp's reign began, and uh, like talking about being suffocated and not having a moment to think. And what the term red blurs. Um, proves to me is what Klopp is drumming into these players and they want you to just suffer at their mercy all the time they want you to they don't want to give you a second they want to force you into your own goal and uh, into their own goal and I just think it's an incredible mentality that like and it's an unbelievable achievement that still after whatever five seasons he still has them motivated we talked about where Klopp would be able to maintain that same sort of level of motivation, but he still has those players going absolutely bonkers, uh, you know, running around and and that the opposition can't even see straight. I I just think I think it's great that a player comes out with that comment, you know, to describe something as it's just a like a throwaway. Yeah, they were playing against Red Blurs, and it's I, I just thought it was really significant. I don't know what what he is agree. Gav, mm-hmm. is this is is there a function here to the stupidity of Arsenal that allows us to swarm them? Um, flying all over them and just we, we spoke we spoke about it last night in the fat back four about Arsenal mm-hmm. and and you know people were I've never seen it's 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 a long time since I've seen Arsenal fans approaching a game between Liverpool and Arsenal and Anfield and being this confident going into what was coming on Saturday. There was loads of them going around going, we're playing this football and we're playing that and our keeper, they were putting like combined 11s in and they had, like it was fucking outrageous. But uh, do you know what? I don't, I, I said it last night, Arsenal had two approaches 
yesterday or Saturday and both of them are awful. The first one was to play basically try annoy us and, and frustrate us and and then the second one when when a goal down was to make the pitch even bigger and more open, which just didn't work. And that's where the red blood thing comes from from Andy. Like at the end of the day, I don't give Arsenal any credit for what they done yesterday on Saturday. I really don't. I think I, do you know what I like the mix like Andy's talking about red blowers and red, and Trent and all that stuff. But we seen earlier on the season Liverpool went out like a house on fire against Milan, if you remember, and tore them apart. And Klopp says we got we 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 went away from what we were doing good and ended up going back going in behind the half time, I think. Um and it was like the balance wasn't right. I loved the balance on Saturday. Thirty minutes, we, yeah, we were being frustrated, but we were never under any threat and we were feeling out the game and feeling out the game. And then once we got the goal field, like Liverpool are never losing that game. Not mm. in a million fucking years. Because they figured them out. The manager went and done something silly to fire up Liverpool even more. And then Liverpool seen out half time and then obviously went in and said, Right, this, 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 and this. We're going to do it. And that's where that whole red blow comment comes from because second half, um, Arsenal are so naive, but Liverpool are just swarmed them. And the mix of 30 minutes being looking into a game and 60 minutes absolutely putting to bed, I think is, is perfect. And it's not what we haven't seen enough of from Liverpool this season. Well, just, just as might as well jump in there for a second. Just on that, we talked about um, the, the approach of Liverpool this season. They're certainly playing a more risky type of football. And, and you know, I was kind of thinking, yeah, like at times it's not working out. We've seen teams come back with two goals down. But eventually, kind of Klopp gets these things right and the players start to get these things right as the season progresses. Ars- that Arsenal game was near perfect. You mm. know, in terms of swarming them, that, those red blurs that they were up against, but they they did everything defensively as well. They were out to mop up. They were making the challenges. Fabinho was probably the best he's been. Thiago was excellent. You know, the midfield is really good. You know, there was so many good things to take away from the game. Okay, Arsenal have had a like you know they've been on a decent run, but they they haven't really beat anyone decent. But um, but we made absolute kind of fodder out of them, like made them shy. Yeah, we right. were more, we were more measured, Phil. I think I think that's what it comes down to on on Saturday. We were more measured, like we, we've we've had a few where we have tried to <clears throat> blow teams away, and we might have been out but we haven't quite been in that position. And then teams have kind of, they've hung in there, I guess, like a, a boxer who've, who've sort of weathered the first five or six rounds in a bit of a hole, but they managed to climb back out. I think Saturday, we and it was probably deliberately, we were a little bit more measured from the start. You know, uh, one thing I've never been convinced um, about Arsenal is, you know, their ability to sort of, you know, play it out from the back from from goal kicks, and you know, time and time again, we 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 made them create some of their own problems, um, and you know, they continue to persist with it, and they obviously have success with it against teams who aren't as good as us in terms of that press. But but on Saturday, they they just came unstuck spectacularly, and it didn't, you know, it didn't happen. And in ways that it's happened in the past with Arsenal, where we've come out and we've, you know, blitzed them 4-0 up or whatever in 20, 25 minutes. Um, we just slowly ground them. Um, you know, I, I, it was like it was a, a death by a thousand cuts, really. And I think that was probably, you know, what Andy was touching on there is the fact that 
you know we've we've kind of gone away we've got we've gone away from what how we've been approaching games the last few weeks and we've come we've come up with a slightly different plan but look we've still result it still resulted in a comprehensive victory so that was what was most pleasing for me at the weekend that we didn't have to go out there and try and blitz <laughs> from from minute 1 you know sorry Ray, can I- just before you go, it, you, Ray said it's different it's the intensity that's different for me because I've watched games Liverpool over the last West Ham, um, Brighton in particular, where Liverpool were stepping off them and saying, let them play, let them get into these positions and let them see what we can do against us. And we we just didn't allow that yesterday. Whereas we are whereas teams were we are letting teams into advanced positions and, and play their game. We just didn't let that happen yesterday. We just literally went and said, No, we're much better than you, and we're going to show it in all aspects of this game. And Liverpool just need to what they done yesterday intensity was if they need to keep that up, if they keep that up, they'll go very, very close to everything. Well, that, it wasn't, it wasn't an interbreaking game, just, though, Gav. Andy, can I just because I think there's a key function in this in this game uh, uh, that people are have one gone over the top of it because that's what um, most of the gobshites that exist in social media does because everything is either the most amazing thing in the world or it's the shittest thing in the world. Um, the, the truth somewhere lies in between. So the. the the platform that allows us to do anything we did against Arsenal is the midfield, and it's Thiago, it's it's Ox, it's mm. it's Fabinho, right? Fabinho has been criticised in the last couple of games because he seemed to be a bit slow and off the pace. But and this is what I want to, add, and, and, and I think it's where you're going with this. And in, in reality, though, Fabinho's always taken two to three to four games to get back up to speed mm. after a knock, right? Um, and this has been no different. And Thiago coming back into the team, we've seen that the impact he had in the previous match as well, when he comes in and starts spraying the ball around left, right and centre. This is just him picking up from where he left off last season towards the end of the season when he came back from injury and got himself into that rhythm. But for me, I thought the Oxlade one is, is the most interesting. I know he still hasn't completed 90 minutes since 2018 for, for a strike, but I think the most surprising aspect of, of the game um, and this whole red blur idea was the was the intensity that that Oxlade was able to play with, particularly in that the start of that second half. And if you don't have the three guys with those high energy levels or the ability to have those high energy levels in midfield, then it does slow down. And the issues that arose with West Ham and with Brighton can become apparent because as much as I like Curtis Jones, he can be guilty sometimes of taking too much too many touches off the ball or being a little bit sort of learning where to play. I'm not going to say lazy because I don't think it's lazy. I think it's, again, about understanding how Klopp wants to play. When 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 they go into that 100 miles an hour, we press literally anything that moves on the pitch. So if it's the ball boy, if it's a flag, if it's the Lions man who gets the ball, whoever it is, two players immediately press him. This suddenly changes what's going on. So... For me, that to me was was is the key difference, and it's the key thing that allows us to do this type of pressing, which has been the trademark of this club side for the last four years since we were any use. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the midfield worked very well together, like individually, all had good performances, but it was the it was the way they pressed in in such a unit, and uh, you know this kind of targeted type of pressing. And I think like we also we often question like why is Ox still at the club? Why could they sell him in the summer? Maybe yeah, fund another transfer. But it's because like Klopp's kind of warms to certain players like Ox and Alana because they just get it. They're okay, they're injured a lot, but they get it. He knows he can rely on them, he knows they're gonna listen and do exactly what he what um what what he needs them to do. And look, um that was Ox's best game and probably 
whatever two years maybe since he got injured against City. Um, and but but that's why Klopp has kept him around because if you can keep him fit now, it's a good option to have in midfield, especially you can he put in performances like that. The only un- thing is huge. The yeah, thing is absolutely. Huge because it, it for me. The press has never gone away, but it looked for me in certain games this season disjointed. And it starts to come across as Liverpool, um, you know, showing a little bit of disrespect to teams. No, I'm not saying you can't disrespect teams because they are better than them, but show it in the right way where you just go out and beat them. But I, I think it's looked a bit disjointed this season and it's looked a bit like one or two might press and one or two mightn't. And I will give him a bit of room and, and they've got punished at times for it, but. The thing on Saturday, and it feels right, you don't go completely over the top over it. It's three points, and we're, we're still four points off the top. But it's a good win against Arsenal. But the thing for me coming away from that game was everyone was doing their job right. Nobody looked like they were laying off or, or standing off things. They were just on it, on it, on it. And and that's huge because genuinely Liverpool would be nine, nine times out of ten, nine times at teams out of ten, if not ten, if they play like that, if they play with that intensity because their ability will shine through then and they'll, they'll take people apart. Ray, I, I don't watch most of the um, post-match interviews, analysis, anything like that. Don't watch the match either, Phil. I rang Cowie Jusins to get he watches, a... He watches uh, Shouty Fan TV. Yeah, I watch Shouty Fan TV. That's the best way to watch the match. Fan media. Half five on a Saturday, Phil, is most definitely watching college football in America. Fact. 100%. Yeah, 100%. But, but you can re-watch the Liverpool game. So, it, 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 do you know what I mean? So of course you can. Exactly. So, it, it doesn't mean you can't see what happened. But, right, I, I don't know if you're there because you, you've frozen on us again down the swamp there. Uh, but oh, I just want to just, just, just ask, because um, <laughs> I don't, right? It was the first time I heard Alexander-Arnold speak after a game, right? And I was baffled. I wasn't expecting that voice. You know when you see somebody and you're like, I've never seen, heard him talk in an interview or do anything. I just don't, because I just don't listen to the stuff, right? Because they tell you nothing. So to echo Andy point, Andy's point, I was amazed when he talked about red blurs and stuff like that, because you don't normally get any real honesty out of teams. You don't get a player being... Uh, saying anymore, look, they were pretty fucking shite. We put our we put our foot on the throat and we just squashed them and they couldn't deal with us, right? Like you, you just don't get that, right? They're all. It's always like, oh, it was a tough game and we just applied ourselves and all that. No, and but I was still amazed. That, like I was, I was closed my eyes and I was there going, that is what he sounds like, is it? Because you know when you p- picture a voice with somebody and it's just it's completely off. So, um. Don't know. Okay, <laughs> just, he's getting he's getting pretty good in in uh, in front of the camera. I have to say, mm. is, do you, you know, reckon he'll have a decent career as a pundit? Um, I think he'll have a decent career as a as a captain one day because I remember Stevie was a little bit timid back at the beginning, and look how look how much of a strong personality he is now. Look how mm. he's come into that job, that Villa job, and just take a ownership. Uh, of the club of the of this position comparing him to say Ali you know he's it's it's unbelievable but but back back when Stevie was only Trent's age he was he was a little bit timid when he was on camera I think Trent has really grown into that sort of um face of the club yeah it's an an interesting angle it's not one I actually considered to be honest with you obviously local lad expecting to be around for the bulk of his career and why wouldn't he you know like why wouldn't he potentially step forward like he's in that age bracket where he's going to be around longer than 
you know, quite a, quite a few of the you know candidates to kind of step into Henderson's shoes. So why wouldn't you maybe look to 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 sort of mould them into into the, the sort of the face of the club for the future sort of thing? I mean, it, look, he's. Um, I, I think that interview. I that to me says you know the lads. You know they they were stung that defeat you know before the international break it was two weeks they had to kind of stew in it i know they went away on international duty but i think you know when they got together as a collective again i think they were they were desperate to to get things back on track quickly and you know we had the perfect opponents in some ways against arsenal and you know i i i think I think it bodes well for the next few weeks because there's a real tough road ahead now in terms of like the fixture pile up and whatnot. And just back on the midfield, like I'd, I'd actually be amazed if that if that mid three played again as a combination this season. Just the way that you know things pan out in terms of injuries and mm-hmm. and, and other players coming back and rotation and so on and, and so forth. So. Um, as 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 good a performance as it was from that midfield three, they might not actually get the opportunity to play again and show us mm. show us what they can do as a combination. Um, can I just ask uh, about the Jose goal? Like we score loads of goals, but like the that one is is one of my favourite for a long time because mm. he he your man Mike White goes flying past him. Like the move to jink past him is just fantastic, and then Harry Ramsden is fucking melodic. Like, what's he doing? He just dives out of the way. Yeah. I was a goalkeeper. I was like, I was waiting when they showed it from behind. The first time I said, oh, I was like, oh, that's amazing. And what what trick? What move? What does he do to, to make the goalkeeper just dive the wrong way? And I was just like, oh, nah, that's Vegas mafia shit written all over it. Like every time I watch it from behind, they go, there's no there's no jink, there's no torn, there's nothing. No. It's just like oh, I think when I think when you put a player in his hole. Uh, the next thing is a strike, you know, and I think he was just anticipating the shot. But I think it's, so- a, I think it's, a, I think it's a definite case of, you know, when you hear about, you hear this thing about forwards, and they've spoke about it, like all the great forwards talk about how time slows down for them, that they're that killed in front of the goal, that they're not, mm. there's not things are going to minimize now. They're just me and the goal and the goalkeeper, and I think it's a massive case of that because he takes the first one into Ben White. It goes into the cop, he fucking slides that far. Mm. And then if you watch it, he does, if you watch it, he just puts his right foot towards it and the keeper, everyone thinks he's shooting, not only the keeper, yeah. everybody. And then he just drops the shoulder, moves it with his left foot and taps it in. It's a, it's a clear case of him just being in complete control of what he's doing, all the surroundings. And it's it's a brilliant goal. It's a brilliant Ben goal. White was on one of those wet slides, you know, the gif. Yeah. Where there's a fella yeah. just yeah. sliding along for ages. He's <laughs> on one of those. I, I, I still, I'm still trying to I keep looking at the fucking, what, what's Ramsden doing? He just, like, he, he just, uh, like, like top class goalkeeper. Alisson doesn't dive out of the way. Like I'd expect that out of Mignolet. Do you know what I mean? Like I would say, I would say the vast majority of the keepers would have done similar. Simply because of the way Jota's body shape when he when he goes by Ben White, you can see his right foot on the ball as if he's about to do it, and then he just drops the shoulder and goes that way. I think Fuck the vast off. majority of goalkeepers do he was, similar to what he's done. To be honest, he was he. He he kind of went a bit early with his celebrations, didn't he? You know, in the first in the first half, um, Ramsdale. Like he thought he thought it was one of those days where he was going to save everything. Basically, you know, he celebrates there when he when he makes that kind of double save. And he's know, laughing he, at all, like as if he was. Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. FA Cup like, fucking he, conference he, team. He, he done he done something similar against 
Leicester, you know, before the international break, he gets the, he gets the international cap. He has one, literally has one save to make against San Marino, makes it, you know, he's starting to feel invincible after the first sort of 20 odd minutes, half an hour. And then he's like, he, the, the, the two goals, like, are just, they're so savable. Like, you know, it, it just, it just goes to show like that, you know, you know, the cocky, I think the cockiness started to build. In, in across the whole aisle side, so they got a sniff, and then obviously between Ramsdale getting ahead of himself and and Arteta's antics on the sideline, you know that that just flipped the script there and then for me. I mean, I, Lampard, I, I didn't, Lampard just... didn't Lampard didn't let you know Lampard. You got Lampard, you've got Arteta. I I I can't wait for Stevie G to have that moment with Klopp. That is going to be priceless mm. if that kicks off in a few weeks. Yeah, you know yeah, where yeah. they're going at one another at the start on the sidelines. I think Stevie would be a little bit too cute for that. But if it did, if it does, like my God, it's I, like Anfield's going to erupt. Honestly, Ray, it, like for <laughs> me, happen, for me the, the round of the thing is just be, <laughs> I don't I don't understand it, right? Because the Arsenal fans literally had a wet dream over signing this fella from whatever fucking bumblefuck team that he played for beforehand. Well, who was he playing like a Burnley or a Bournemouth? Oh, he gets relegated to Bournemouth and he signs for Sheffield United and he gets relegated to Sheffield United. Yeah, absolute poison, right? Like basically they spent 400 million on Leno, Gick, right? They will go out and sign the English Leno. It's, it's the exact same goalkeeper. He's Makes just a couple of light. Yeah, he in just in terms of his few, attitude, he's just picked for light. Few flashy saves and then just dives randomly. Literally dives randomly. I think. I think. Uh, yeah, Sean's hit the nail on the head. He's Joe Hart too. That's basically what it is. Just fucking full of imaginary thinking. And the, the Arteta thing is hilarious. Like if I'm if I'm the manager going to Anfield, right? Even if I want to stab Klopp in the head, right? You just don't get involved because it's the wrong step. If he does that in the Emirates, it might work because he's got his own home mm, fans behind mm, him and they all mm. give him a big like that, right? Whereas he just gets laughed at. So basically, you have a whole stadium not even caring now about the match. They're just laughing at you and you're no. meant to be the authority figure for the team. So when you're getting, when you're getting laughed at, it's just been. Just being. Mm. It's like it's, after that, the, the the team itself you could see looked deflated after the whole incident, and the goal right. comes off the back of it. Like, and I'm not saying the crowd, the, the crowd, the crowd, the crowd had quietened down at that point. You know, we 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 hadn't gone and blitzed them. We hadn't we hadn't got off to the flyer. You know, I, I wouldn't say the crowd were grumbling, but it it kind of. I've been there at half five kickoffs. If you've had a few pints before, plenty of people have had, gone in there. You know, absolutely buzzing a few pints on them. Sitting there from half five, it gets to about six o'clock, starting to wear off you a little bit. You're starting to get a little bit like, mm, and then something like that happens, and it just lifts you back off again. Do you know what I mean? And you're back, you're completely back in, back in the game as a fan, and that was just catastrophic for them. I think really, really was. Yeah, he loved us. He loved us. Clap with a cop as well, didn't he? <laughs> <laughs> you know the way most most keepers they they don't really yeah. go back anymore and they get the bill. Yeah. He 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 was buzzing off that Harry yeah. Harry Ramsden. Harry Ramsden is fucking shy. Leo Bordock. <laughs> Leo Bordock was a much better goalkeeper. <laughs> and so was so was Joey Beshoff. Um, anyway, uh, Gav, since we're talking about forwards, um, mm. you want to talk about the front three again? What you got no, to say this time? Replacing the front three. No, it's not about it's it's actually look, we're gonna to have to replace the front three. 
um, at no, some stage. Not. I'm not. I'm not calling you. Relax, will you? <laughs> um, it's not. It's not. It's not a case of me turning around and saying replace them all now. It's not that. What happened was we were talking about them last night, and it just came up, and I thought, yeah, we'd have a talk talk about this tonight. Come up briefly, and it's 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 just what way would people like to see it go? Because look, at the end of the day, they don't all last forever. The treatment don't last forever. I put forward the motion that you would the motion. Well, yeah, there's a motion, meeting. Should we have the minutes of it and everything? Is there a um, union? Can we join this union? Yeah, there's a yeah. video and audio file of it if you want to go and download or watch it. <laughs> but but I, I put forward the idea, our motion, whatever way you want to take it, um, that we <laughs> renew. Oh, no, I'll tell you what came up. It came up because Salah has <laughs> two years left, Mane has two years left, and so does Firmino, right? So we'll come up, and the big thing at the moment mm. is, is Mo Salah signing this deal, and we're discussing, like, what's going on, like, it's November, we're nearly in December, and, you know, it's, not before long, you, you, you're down to 18 months. Um, and we just got talking about the other two lads as well. They have, Did they Mane have the not same... just renew? No, Mane didn't renew, no. He did. so he didn't. They're all on. They all have. They're all out. Man, they renewed in the summer. They're all out in contract in the summer of 2022. Fucking right? tell you, man, they renewed. I'm Sorry, serious. 2023. Sorry, they're out here, right? So, man, they renewed his contract. I didn't imagine that. Yeah, he just texted me and yeah, said, but you haven't watched. You, watch, you haven't watched Liverpool news in three years. You renewed three years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I think he renews after the um, loss in the European Cup of 2018. But anyway, it doesn't matter. What I said was. We should renew the three of them, right? And my thinking behind it is, is that instead of trying to bring in, you know, instead of saying, right, he's going now, he's going now, will he go in two years? My idea would be to renew them all, right? Now, Salah might go, you might do three years on Salah, you might do two on the other. But in that time, it gives you time to keep, it keeps your squad really strong while bringing in probably one player this season and one player next season. And you're... They're phasing them out, basically, without losing massive quality in the squad. Because my fear is that if Salah doesn't sign a contract, he leaves. Who do you bring in? And you're bringing him in to go, right, you need to get going right now. Because the backup isn't good enough, in my opinion. Right? So I just wanted to see what people thought. Because my argument would be, renew the trade them, get them all on, on, on board for the next three years instead of two, or four years instead of two. I've no problem with that. But you, de- you then know that you have that quality in the squad for the next three years, and it gives you that bit of time to build that forward line again slowly, mm. brick by brick. So Andy's nodding in agreement, which is fucking amazing. Um, he's gone full circle. So I just wanted to see what you thought, because that's what I would do, instead of trying to just go bang this summer, bang next summer, bang the summer after. And you're, and you're basically just swapping players mm. out, if you know what I mean. Still have them three there, bring in a player and you just do away with Origi. You do away with him and you go, this player is definitely in the front three in two years for Mane. But we still have Mane at the club. You're not rigid. You're actually improving quality in the squad, so, but you're forward planning at the same time. So we've two, years le- we've two years left with Mane. 2023 is contract one two. Um, yeah. Same with Firmino, same with <clears throat> Salah. Okay, so the only one we need to renew is Salah. Well, that's what I'm asking. Well, that's, 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 my uh, that's the critical one, obviously, you know. Yeah, well, it is the critical one, but, yeah, but, but, J- but J- my point is... Jota's come in and he's he's been excellent. Well, whether you even want to call him second fiddle to, to Bobby now, at this stage, he's probably first choice. When Bobby got fit and he started playing really well, yeah, the two of them are battling out for that sort of number nine position. Mane, uh, it's not like... I'm not. I'm not. No disrespect to Manny, but for the last couple of seasons, he hasn't been exactly what he was in terms of what he can do on his own. 
yeah, he came up with a really good assist and a goal. But there was times when he was able to do a lot more on his own. You look back to the Bayern goal when he took it down, turned defender inside out and, and unbelievable finish past nowhere. I don't think we're going to see that from Mane anymore. So th- this idea of the replacing the front three being so difficult, you know, it's, it's becoming that bit easier because the quality of Mane probably isn't quite there anymore. Salah's the cl- critical one, but I think Salah's going to renew. And when you have the best player in the world at a club, it's always going to be hard to replace him. You know, we're not going to be able to just replace him like for like. Klopp's a quality manager. He's going to come up with different ideas. We saw many good players coming through now, like Elliot, who can play midfield and score goals. The team will change. You know, the team will develop. I think we, sometimes we worry a bit too much about what's what's in, in front of us two years down the line. A lot can happen. January transfer window, next summer. I've absolutely no doubt that you, you start to see someone coming in to kind of take some minutes off money. But Salah's a different animal. He's the best player in the world at, at the moment by a long shot. And, I, and it'd be very hard to even anticipate trying to replace him like for like. But I think he'll, I think he'll renew. Uh, Ray, like my, my view is that Firmino and Mane, both of two years left, the, the key to this is Salah. And I'm based around the Messi experience at Barcelona. That, Salah's levels and techniques are about three levels above the other two lads. As much as people probably, depending on what camp you want to put yourself in, would say it's amazing, blah, 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 blah all this type of stuff. But Salah is, doesn't necessarily run his pace to do what he does. It, it's incredible footwork and it's incredible vision and, it's, and he's able to do a bit of absolutely everything. Whereas I'd argue that Mane's level has probably stepped down maybe one or half a notch from where he was maybe two years ago. And for me, no, definitely... On what basis? Has, on what basis? Hmm. Two years ago, you would argue that, that that Mane and Salah were pretty much equal in terms of what they were be- delivering for us and what they were doing. Um, there's no question anymore. Like Salah's more oh, no, no, but, I, but I, I don't. Salah's just gone to different levels. Like The only player that scored more goals than Sadio Mane in this league this season is Mo Salah. Yeah, but how many goals has Mane got? Seven and 12. Yeah, shy. Um, shy, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Two so, years ago, that, that would be no nine and twelve. Then. No, no. Two years ago, that, that's nine and twelve. And, he and wouldn't. Have, he wouldn't, he of, wouldn't. I don't think he's ever done nine and twelve in the. She league. has because himself and Mo finished the first level, twelve games. Mo himself and Mo finished level gold uh, golden boots two mm. years ago. Yeah, so he scored at the same rate. I, I think. I think this is for me. I just look around. I, I know, but I you want a new gaff. I'm giving you. I'm giving you the opposing argument, which is no, no, I, no. I would. I would. No, listen. I'm renewing because I'm. I'm trying not to fucking jeopardize the quality of a squad, regardless of who the player is. But I'm just saying, a lot is being made of Sadio Mane's. It's last season. Let's let's be honest about it. We're talking about Sadio Mane's form last season, which wasn't good. Well, um, last year. Yeah. Last season was a write-off. Last season was a stupid season. We're talking about um, records at home, like they're whatever, 10, 10 games were beaten at home. Last season was fucking ridiculous. Those, if, uh, they made whatever six losses at home didn't happen as far as I'm concerned. They were at neutral ground. That wasn't at home. Like The last season was just ridiculous. Mane feeds off the crowd. I think we're seeing we're seeing a realistic version of Mane's decline now. 
Forget about last season. That was just atrocious. Uh, and I mean, it's a very bad measure last season to, to measure any player boy. But this season, I see, I, I think we're seeing a kind of a realistic drop off in Manny, an expected one. I think I, this I season, think the, the thing is, the gap season, between the gap. Right. The gap between Mane and Salah has grown, yeah. In terms of you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna concede to, to lose and one, then you clearly there might have been a debate a couple of years ago. I don't think there's any there debate was. now. There is certainly was. You know, I don't think there's a debate now. If, if it comes down to it, you you, you do all, all you can to <clears throat> to secure Salah, and and it, it's it's Mane who you don't necessarily prioritise. Personally, I would try and get both done. I think the Firmino Jota thing they're kind of interchangeable in some ways. Now at this point, I would try. You know, I try and do my utmost to, to secure both Salah and Mane. The the thing is, if we do. You know, if we do let Mane go, what what what's the cost of a replacement? You know, um, and there's no guarantee that that replacement, even if you, even if Skint FC managed to find a hundred million, because let's face it, where where where's these hundred million players? You know, where, where, like we we've not we've not looked like we're in the market for, um, in that, that range for you know at, at any point. I know we get linked with Mbappe and this that and the other. Like we're not going out and signing those players, so you know, for me, we've got to prioritise keeping Salah and Mane. You know, Salah is priority number one. Um, the fellas are f- a phenomenon at this point. Uh, someone said it in the comments. Or it, it, well, I can see a couple of people saying, you know, it's Salah's fitness, the way he's looking after himself, you know, physically is kind of akin to you know the likes of Ronaldo, basically in terms so- of you know. The DA him getting into his 30s now is not a concern for me because he's just going to keep on at these levels for a number of years. Um, so Salah is priority number one. Definitely look to get Mane done as well. You know, I I, I really want to try and get another three years out of out of this forward line if we if we if we can. And look, we we probably do need to make another sign, and but it's probably going to be more in the range of a maybe a 40 to 50 million with upside you know another one in the mold this of is my jota but can i just can i just say something here and this is where i probably differ the, the, immediately if you say don't renew mane everyone's like well who are you going to replace with so you've got two years it's 2021 now you've got two seasons 2023's contract runs out right so you've still got two years left to go he's going to be 33 at the time so it's not like you're selling the 26 year old version of Sadio Mane at that point in time odds will say that he won't be at the same level he was two years ago or at the level that he is at now and at that stage it will be the right time for him to move on um, do we need 100 million we shouldn't because account there weren't 100 million in the first place Mane correct. Salah um, and also Firmino, Andy, Jate, none from, of them were 100 million we will book a profit at that point in time because we'll have seen it was full contract and all amortized and you have loads more money to spend on things. Anyway, next point um, on that is I would rather, if you're going to extend anyone of the front three, and people might think this is mad given that I have criticized them, Firmino is the one that I think hangs around the club and is happy to be part of the squad out until he's 34, 35 and then goes back to Brazil to see out, his, see out the, another two years or so because He's the type of player who we've seen, if he's missed six or seven or eight weeks and comes back in, he can still find the spots, he can still find the goals, and he isn't relying on his speed to do that type of thing. So I'm looking at the three players as players, and I think Mane relies on his speed 
and his pace more than the other two do. <clears throat> right? And I think for that reason alone, I'm not renewing Mane. If 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 Firmino is, is prepared to do a um, similar contract or a lighter contract to what he has at the moment, renew away and you throw all the money at Salah to make sure he stays. And then over the next two years, you bring yourself in, you, you start grooming in your money replacement. We groomed in our man, in, in our Firmino placement by bringing mm. Jose in. <clears throat> Minamino, who knows? <laughs> He's after coming on. He, he, did, he did a bit for us at the weekend. I thought he was very good when he comes in. But at the same time, people think it's crazy that you're, you're talking about a player. But I'm saying you keep the trade him for at least the next two years. Yeah. And the one you really look to move, to, to look the one, the next upgrade or the next one to bring in is who your replacement for Mane is going to be. And by the time they come around, you've got Salah, the replacement, and Jose as your starters, and you've got Firmino as backup. Who would rather want Firmino or Origi to be sitting on your bench to bring off the bench to, to play or to step in for 10 to 15, 20 games a season? This, this yeah. is where my point I, I'd, I'd, I'd renew. I'd, I don't think I'm... I don't, has anyone said they definitely wouldn't renew Mane? I mean... You just renew his contract, extend it by a year or two, and you blow in there's blow in a successor, just a similar way to, to Bobby is with Jota at the moment. That, that's, what I'm, so, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, like I think I'm next thinking, season somebody comes in that probably starts taking some minutes off Manny. But uh, my, my my whole thinking behind it is, is that if you if you extend them all, sadly you do three or four years wherever you can, but if you have to do the other two for two years, right? No one's saying they're staying for the four. Nobody's saying that. Mm. All I'm saying is that instead of you looking to say, right. I have, it's quite clear that I have this front three, maybe Jota gets in somewhere and the other two are just on the sideline hoping for something to happen and they're probably not good enough at Liverpool, um, judging on the, the way they play. Minamino, you don't know, but I'd, I'd have me doubts, right? What I'm saying is, is that if you have them in situ, you can bring people in and you can make, instead of you having the, the four lads that are vying for three places plus Origi and Minamino, you have those four lads and you're bringing two lads in that are going to take over from these lads. You're improving the quality of our squad while keeping that quality, the quality you already have there. It's it's probably the the least way of upsetting the squad as you go. Do you know what I mean? There's not too many changes all at once, or you know, one one here, one there, and keep it going. And we're trying to do it over three years, and I, that's just why I thought you just extend them all. Now, don't get me wrong. If you extend fucking Mane to twenty twenty five, and you know he's going to be thirty three at the end of that, or wherever he is in twenty twenty three. In, you're right, right. Yeah, in 2023, someone might come in and go, listen, um, there's fucking whatever for my name. We go, yeah, do you know what? We're all right with the five instead of the six that we have. And yeah, mm. let's do it. But we're, we're, I hate saying protect his value because his value diminishes and his value shouldn't matter after that many years at the club and what he's done for me. Uh, that's why I just think you extend them all. You, you, you future-proof the squad in quality, and it gives you more leeway to bring players in and blood them. Because if you don't, you're bringing players in, you're literally saying, listen, Mane has gone out the door, you're now our left winger, and you better be fucking brilliant from day one, because if you're not, we're fucking bollocks here. I think, that's yeah. what I'm but I genuinely think, though, people forget that this club has a value, and the, the, if the player isn't happy to go in at that value, they don't renew. And the example I give you is when you had them. Klopp wanted him to stay. The the players wanted him all to stay. He wasn't prepared to take the contract that was on offer. He went. So look at Mane. If he's not prepared to take the contract on offer, he's going to go. I think Salah will be an exception, but I think I think Salah and Dijk they're exceptions. They're freaks. They're they're freaks in nature. They're not. Nobody's comparable to the to, to them in their positions. <clears throat> and Gav, what I think you're a wee bit naive is that renewal always happens when there is when there is a change, right? And I think keeping Mane at 33 
it won't be a sensible thing to do because again I, I keep going back to he is more reliant on his pace than the other two are and I think that's where you see a bigger drop off than the other two when it comes to performance wise um, but I think we've got two years we've got two and a half years to bring a replacement in from now at the moment the other part is Klopp will be gone so will the players want to stay around when Klopp well, the well the other thing is it's 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 the club's outlook as well are the club happy yeah, there's no chance of being happy with well, I'd hope never being happy with Salah running down a contract. You want him to renew, right? Mm-hmm. So you want to get that done. That's priority. The other thing is the club's attitude. Are they happy to turn around and go, right, listen, but Rob, Roberto Firmino and Sadio Mane are our contract in 2023, and we're run, willing to let that contract run down. And we're not renewing, but we're not going to sell. We're going to let them run down and leave for free, and we're going to push the money up and, and replace them. And I don't think FSG will do that. I genuinely, mm-hmm. I can't see them letting two players run contracts down, <laughs> let them live, and then go from there. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're laughing. I do. Um, but I think it's a good point then on what we're discussing, Ray, um, to talk about your piece, which is the, the squad or the the, the quality that, that sits within the squad uh, based on what we're seeing. And based, obviously, I'll, I'll take it with the Champions League game coming up and us playing um, water boys and yeah. corner flags and um, fellas out of the stand and, and, and mascots and all just because we can't be bothered to get anyone injured or, or to do what it is. <laughs> so from, from my point of view, Ray, what did you want to talk about? I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that's where you want to go or are you just going to do something boring about how, how shit is their squad? So what's going to <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I guess um, Min- Minamino coming off the bench and, and scoring pretty much straight away, it, it was just an example of, like, we, we are going to have to rely on some of these players who've been on the periphery for, you know, for, for most of this season and even sort of, you know, in, 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 in case of last season, I suppose. I mean, like, look, we've all got our reservations about, squad depth and it's really being tested in certain positions now particularly in the midfield but the reality is um we've got we've got a packed you know set of fixtures coming up you know we pretty i think we're pretty much playing you know saturday midweek saturday midweek you know all the way i don't through think we to, have a weekend off on, or i think we have a week we have a week, a midweek off. i don't think we have midweek off till the middle of january i think yeah, yeah, no, yeah. i fucking no yeah. idea what you're saying there saturday I don't know really. No, no, you know what I mean. All right, yeah, got Weekend. you now. Yeah. Big so, scouser. like, basically, we're 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 sort of like you know because we're still in that league cup and and you know obviously the Champions League and there's and, and if there's not any of that going on, we've got you know midweek games at Goodison Park and all that sort of stuff to look forward to. So, um, yeah, the likes of Minamino, um, you know, I know there's a lot of angst when Origi's name comes up, but you know, these are the types of players who we're probably going to have to call upon for some minutes in the coming weeks. And, you know, in years gone by, you know, players like this, they have their little moments and spells where, you know, they really have to kind of step into a job and, you know, even go back to the likes of Makeda. I know it's the back, the tail end of a season, but like, you know, these are players who you've got to, you know, they've got to come in and they've got to make a contribution. You know, the midfield, you know, we hope to see Curtis Jones back against um, sooner rather than later. You know, you've got um, Naby Keita when he makes his appearance back. Um, you know, if you go back into the defence, you know, Simicus now is, you know, he, he's kind of, you know, 
it's option one and option one a really at left back now when it comes yeah. you know when it comes to him and Robertson you know and I think that's that's something to look at over the next few weeks and then you know can Nico Williams make some kind of you know impression over the next few weeks being very good internationally for Wales can he maybe get some minutes and then the lads you know centre back you know Van Dyke's playing an awful lot of games at the moment is there going to be a time where he takes him out for a game or two. We obviously don't expect him to play against Porto, but will he be able to kind of rotate him over the next few weeks to make sure that he's managing, you know, that those through through busy period. So for me, I, I, I wanted to, I guess, ask everyone, one player, I guess, who they would hope could maybe make a positive contribution over the next couple of months for me. Off the back of Saturday, it was kind of Minamino, really, and seeing him kind of come back from the dead and, you know, thinking that, okay, if we need to rely upon him for, you know, 60 minutes or 30 minutes at some point over the next six weeks, then, you know, let's hope that he can make a positive contribution. So that was really where I wanted to go with the whole squad conversation. Who who would who would you lads look to see, you know, uh, step in and, and make a positive contribution? Well, yeah, well, look, if you if you work from the back there at Liverpool now, we talk about squad depth and, and uh, you know, the drop-off. We've got an excellent uh, number two goalkeeper now in Gwaveen Keller. Uh, I think everyone can can agree when he comes in, you trust him. He he seems to be really good at his feet. He's a good shot stopper. He's learning from Alisson. And, I mean, you have Alisson there, the be- best goalkeeper in the world. We're one of the best at the moment. You're asking about who you'd like to see. I, I think Nico Williams is, is starting to look like he's ready to step up and, and kind of offer something, you know, to give Trent a rest. Just like on the far side of the pitch with Simicas and Robertson, two, well, two amazing options I left back. We seem to have centre-back sorted out with the amount of players there. Like those injuries seem to be a distant memory. In the midfield, we've, what, eight players or so for kind of three positions, it's just so unfortunate. So many of them are injured so often. It's it's a really hard one to control. You can't just sell for them and bring in. You know, it's it's a difficult one. I mean, that's where you want to see your players staying fit. That's where you want to see Elliot coming back in, Ox staying fit, Naby staying fit, uh, and really starting to drum up a bit of competition in the midfield. But it's it's when you kind of go up front. That's when you really feel that Liverpool are vulnerable. If they did lose one of those players or two of those players for a prolonged period of time, especially with the African coming up. Um, that's when you, you really have to uh, depend on Taki stepping up. I mean, he went off on loan to Southampton done quite well. He never really did that wrong for us. You know what I mean? He hmm. didn't come in with big, massive expectations. But Klopp has probably said he'll benefit from a bit of Premier League football. Off he go to Southampton. It's worked out quite well. Because any minutes he's played now recently, like he's he's actually impressed. So, yeah, you know, you start to wonder: is the squad that raw, or um, what's the word? Like, you know, they say they say our, our backup isn't as good as the other top sides. But when you see things like that happen, and players coming in off the bench and uh, Knox playing so well, it's probably not all that bad. It's. I've just looked it up there. We don't have a midweek off until the 
between, I think, the 14th and the 27th of January, somewhere in around there. So There might even but, be a semi-final. Yeah, yeah there could be a league cup in there, the, yeah. yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm just looking, looking at the fixtures before we go on to the squad. I think, you know, rest periods are going to be part of this week. Milan coming up will be another one, and I think, mm. he, I think he throws the Leicester game. I think genuinely, because if you look at it, like the Leicester League Cup game is is right on the periphery of the that, that festive period, and like he has he has Milan, then he has Villa at home, and then he has Sport or Newcastle at home. He's away to Spurs, and then the twenty second of December, the fucking twenty second of December, he has Leicester at home before he plays Leeds at home four days later. Leicester away, Chelsea away, all before the second of January. Um, I, I think that's where he's so going when, to where is the next when is the next time you have a real midweek game? What do you mean a, mi- a real midweek so game? So you're talking about you're talking it, about we're talking Christmas. about two Champions League games which are dead rubbers now. You're talking mm. about he has well uh, if you look uh, at it now, he has he's a he's game. Right, so he's Porto on Wednesday. He has yeah. Southampton on real. Saturday, he has Everton away on the Wednesday, mm. he scores away on the t- on the Saturday, then he's away in Milan, home to Villa on the eleventh. Home to Newcastle on the 16th, home away to Spurs on the 19th, home to Leicester on the 22nd. Right? So I think he's, he's going to look to do something there. 26th home to Leeds, 28th away to Leicester, 2nd of January away to Chelsea. Then he's home to Brentford. And then you get a week off until we play, go away to Palace. Mm. So that's great. Thanks, I, that's that's quite, that's quite a few of them. When's the next real midweek? I'm just the, well, the lads are saying everything. The next real midweek is everything. Yeah. yeah. So the. Yeah. So, so, but there's they're quite all a real. They're all real and they're all in midweek. Yeah, they're yeah, all hang on, hang, okay, yeah. yeah, obviously they're real, Gav, but there's three out of those that, that are that until January that are very, very rotatable. Um, he's, he's, there's going to be changes made for Porto, Milan, That's and there's saying. going to be changes made for the Leicester. The, the Leicester game in the yeah. League Cup. So when you when you look at it like that, it's not this big, massive panic fixture congestion. No, that's what no, I'm trying to say. That's yeah, what I can yeah. see him doing. Is, 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 is there not an argument, though, just to play everyone for the next few weeks and then just tell them all to take January off? Because we're no. always shy in January, no matter who's, <laughs> fit, who's available. No, so that, just like, there's no point to worry about January. Focus more on the next two months. Take January off. Don't even turn up for the games. And then come back at it hard in February. Well, that's just not viable at all. But anyway, um, no, I, I, you're right, Andy. Like Porto, Porto, um, Milan... And then you could possibly argue Newcastle at home before the following week. Um, it depends what sort of form they're in, I suppose, doesn't it? With Eddie Howe and all that sort of stuff, mm. they're a dangerous side. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take no, any chances. No, no, I wouldn't take shy. any chances um, in the league. They're appalling, and I, I pray to God to go down. But anyway, looking at the squad <laughs> itself, um, look, the Nico Williams thing has come up because he's played well for Wales, and I get that. But I, I, I'm not sure on him. I, I genuinely am. But you have to give Trent a rest. The key will be, will Milner be back? Because if Milner's back, I think he gets a nod ahead of Nico Williams at right back. Um, in midfield, it's just about keeping people fit. Um, you know, I know Milner's not far off. Um, Important that he's Henderson. back, isn't it? Important yeah. that Milner's yeah, back. He just because he gives position. you so much, so much options. Yeah. yeah, and then Henderson obviously comes on the other day. You're looking at um, Keita, we don't know. Um, I'm sure somebody in the chat will tell us. And... Curtis Jones has an eye injury that they're not saying much on but mm. if you can get them back in the next week or two you're looking good I agree with Andy though I think Minamino's the big one I genuinely do for a couple of reasons you can't run these forwards into the ground all over Christmas you simply can't and you'll have to 
you will have to because I don't think you trust Origi one bit. And, you know, an injury here, an injury there, and, of course, the AFCON, Minamino is going to come into sharp focus for me um, during December and January massively. And I'm delighted for him getting the goal the other day um, because it'll give him some confidence. But overall, I think there is a way of rotating. I think there's a way of writing off a couple of games in there, um, i.e. Champions League and the League Cup. People won't, won't want to hear that, but there's bigger fish to fry and the amount of games we have. But I genuinely think midfielders fit. And Minamino, and I think you might be all right because they're not signing anyone in January. They simply aren't. Yeah, I like that shout, Origi yeah. against um, Everton next, who'd, who'd next week. Like to mm. I would like to see um, Keller get game time because I, I think he starts this week. Keeper. I think yeah, he's a smashing yeah. goalkeeper. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see uh, if Joe Gomez is still alive because I haven't seen him in months. <laughs> right. But so I, I, I wasn't happy with playing. I was just I was hoping to see. I just see him. Life. I maybe yeah. hear him talk for the first time. Yep, be great to chance. hear what he talks like. I'd, I'd be back. And would you reckon he? I'd say he has like a Midlands accent. Uh, like he was from Birmingham or something. No, he's um, from London, I think. For fuck's sake, that's shy. Um, I'd be disappointed with that. Now I was hoping to have a Birmingham accent like your man out of the young ones. You know, the fella Neil. Um, and then I would like to see Kanate get loads of games because. I think it's important for him. He's the future of of of, of, of the the centre back um, position. He'll for start us. Wednesday as well. Yeah, um, midfield. There's all these random regents that some fella came on during the week. Uh, Martin Green, the cousin of Mason Mason mm. and the Greeny Greenies, and he played and he was running around the pitch and that was exciting. Um, I don't know. Yeah, no. he is a good player, and and Carragher he said it. he just needs a bowl of scouts into him, and it, it's funny. <laughs> wait, wait, and you see Tyler Martin in about two years, he's going to be a beast. <laughs> it's it's gas because yeah, for, for at, Rangers or Dunfermline or fucking no, Erdrianis, well, you'll never see. And he'd be like your man that played fancies. against Sunderland once and looked like he was a smashing player and then vanished into the ether. Was never seen again. Yeah. It was a um, French geezer. Right, Damien Plessis. Damien Plessis. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And then just vanished, right? Never, you'll never see him. He's, he's like thing. Lads talking about Nico Williams playing up forward, and um, because he did played well for Wales, that's like playing fucking under twelves football. Anyone who's watching international football may as well just be like looking at ping pong on the television. It's pointless, right? And then try it's unfair that, that that's close to top level football. Fucking bin. Send yeah. them to Villa on loan, Stevie G will sort them, yeah. and then you bring yeah. them back in a couple of years. So Nico Williams um, has, if, as long as Joe Gomez is still dead, then Nico Williams better be able to play it right back because he's going to have to give Trent a rest at some point, right? Um, so that'll be good. Um, and then up front, Minamino's the. the I, I actually don't want to see Origi playing, and I, I don't mean this in, in a bad way, but like he offers nothing. Um, and I'd rather he did see actually a young get injured, didn't he? He did. He yeah. got injured for Belgium, didn't he? He got a, he got, he got a, his four uh, start, and I don't know how long, and then yeah. injured himself. Uh, Origi mm. had his moment, mm. and he was. It's a lovely story, and he did wondrous wonders for us and everything like that. But it's like we should have moved on. He should have moved on. We should have moved on a long time ago, but he hasn't. So I'd rather see a young fella or something get get a few minutes over Origi, who's a, a young fella who may get a what was that fella's name, Mike Gordon or whatever his name was. Him, Kate play Gordon. him. Yeah, him. Give him. I'd like to see him get a run with uh, Minamino in terms of what's going on. All those lads. So I'd go with. Um, there's not really many midfielders in the club, and I think that's the. But like, we need Thiago to get minutes under his belt again. So he he needs to t- carry a bit of the the water in that instance. And um, Fabinho, you don't overplay him because we don't need him going out for another six game stretch, which is 
what sometimes happens to him every now and then throughout the course of the season. Um, and then Ox, like Ox, it's time for Ox to step up and not get injured within two mm. weeks. What's the story mm. with Keita? How long is he fucking out for again? Keita's a hamstring, I no. think. Um, ah, fuck they're saying, um, they're saying late December. I think ah, late December 2025, for fuck's sake. Absolutely pointless. The only or ability that you need in football... Back in 63, was it? No, yeah, it was late only, September. The only ability you need in football is availability. And like this fella is, is oh, this, that's infuriated me because I was actually saying, Jesus. I got a lovely torn. hat today with Navi Lad on it. Gorgeous. <laughs> you can walk around with that. In, in, real in, warm. Real warm. In, in, has a all, those was, all, over the, all those killed hats you got the Navi Lad one. In four, yeah. Do you know what, Gavin? In black, four years' lovely. time. I got the, you I got walk the around, orange and black. BVD in four, as well. in, oh, in four years' time, you can walk around with that hat and people are looking at it going, Who the fuck is Nabila? Like, was, mm. was he a Russian <laughs> player or something? Yeah, uh, I can't no, Nobody would have a clue who he was, right? Really. Um, anyway, the, that, that's about it. So, I don't think there's many other players after that. Um, Cortis mm. Jones with the eye thing, that's a strange injury. Um, he's got an injury in training, an eye injury in training, and that they're literally just saying they're taking it day by day. So mm. I don't know what happened there. Um, is the, I think the biggest worry for me is we're relying on lads again, a bit like the centre back thing last year with Matip and stuff. We're relying on fellas who can't stay fit to save their life. So like Ox, like you just know, it's it's like you look at him and you say this could be decent um, in terms of what he did for us, and you just know that he's going to like fall down the stairs or fucking stretch his back, taking his bag out of the back of the boot or something like that. So, um, we. <sighs> Do you remember Joe that played in that game against Midget Land last year? Uh, I know what Johnny's saying. He's saying two and a half million for winning the Champions League wouldn't expect the wholesale changes. If we haven't learned anything with the, the Joe's injury last year against yeah, the Midgets, yeah, yeah. there's literally no point in... The, we don't deserve anything because that's not learning your lessons. We, we got ourselves into a position where we don't have to take these last two games seriously. Play fucking nobody. Play the under twenty yeah. ones. Play whatever well, you, it is. You can't play. You can't go. You can't really go near the nineteens because they're playing in in their version of the the Champions League mm. and they need a result. So you can't. And pull I presume we just we have we we we've only got a limited registered squad anyway. So we we like we can't go we can't go sort of. Carl yeah, Cade Gordon apparently can't play because he's not registered. Right. Mm. Really you still have enough. That. You still have enough alternates. You can play Canate. You can play. Williams, I'm sure Williams is, is, is registered. You can play... Um, Although he wasn't on the bench at the weekend, which was a bit strange. I know he I know he, he had a couple of, you know, big challenges, was down for a while with one against... Uh, playing for Wales, so on, on the bench. So you wonder if he's nursing a knock at the moment as well. It's a couple of one. What's this show, Jason? I just move on. Go on. No, I, I, I want Jason to talk, tell me what he's shouting on about. There, I know it's off topic. We don't deserve anything. <laughs> it's you know, you know when you put that. Oh Jesus! Oh Jesus! Red, honestly, honestly, red, seventeen bottom red. Jason, one. Jason, if you, if you're really heading into this into this zone of, I'm sick of build of it build on success. I'm starting to turn on FSG. Do you know what to do, mate? There's um, a load of screamy channels that you'll find on YouTube. <laughs> Go to one of them because they'll be screaming about it. Because honestly, There's no bottom reds allowed on here. Andy has not, put an absolute wholesale ban on bottom reds. It's eighteen. It's eighteen one to the top reds and all. So just... <laughs> eighteen one. <laughs> yeah. So okay, just, Roy, carry just, on. Yeah. Right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're going to let them let them all off to this to the shouty channels instead. Um, right, where were we? Um, my topic. Sorry, I just seen something there. Um, um, I put it up on the screen. A detached retina is the is the mm. is the talk around quarters, Jonesy. That's fucking insane. Mm. Yeah, that sounds very serious. serious. Mm. 
mm. gone for that's I mean that's no that's no just trip up to the main air and you're back like with a patch yeah. and happy days <laughs> <laughs> Trev could give him an end of a patch yeah maybe that's you not the Trev you always <laughs> wait don't you when when particularly he looks like Trev on injuries <laughs> Jay Wiener you know. yeah do you reckon Jay maybe Trev Jay Wiener. has the same maybe Jay has the same camera phone as Trev Maybe, no. it's a, maybe it's a special filter. That he has. It's impressive beard, though. No, it's impressive. Like that beard is almost like a, a snorkel on the bottom half of his face, like a snorkel jacket. You know the ones that used to go up the top of your head, right down the bottom. Um, and top of snorkel jackets, lads. Steve Bruce for Manchester United manager. <laughs> <laughs> the, like um, the circus continues at Old Trafford. It's oh. fantastic. I don't know where to start. Like the Liverpool game is fantastic, but then what goes on after the later on is just phenomenal. It's like I've never in my life, never, ever, 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 ever in my life remember a manager getting sacked and then being forced to do an exit interview live yeah. on a channel. It's like, it's, like he's a, he, he, it's like it's like he sacked them and then signed them up to like the, you know a three series deal with fucking yeah. NBC. Like it's fucking mad. Like yeah, unreal. I, and then he starts crying and everything in the interview. Um, it was that. Then I'm looking, perusing uh, the media world in terms of what's going on, and Saul Campbell is out saying, give it to Steve Bruce. Well, he, surely he could do a job for six months. <laughs> and then this evening, Bruce, he comes out and says, he reckons he could do a good job as the interim manager if they just need somebody for six months. This but, is then like, Brian Rob, but then Brian Robson chimed in and went, listen, they just need to go on a massive fucking bender. Bender and be grand. for a few days and the lads yeah. will be grand. Yeah. But this Does is Brian bizarre. not know that they've done that? They lost 4-1 on Saturday and they all went out on the pitch. <laughs> and then, like, you know what I mean? And then wait till the next day to go, oh, great to walk under your boss and all and all this sort of shit. They didn't give a shit on Saturday night about them. They wait till Sunday. I, I know. on it. And a three and one curry tray to before they done their Instagram post. I also love all these fake football fans who are like and the Liverpool fans, well, suppose the Liverpool fans going, Oh, he seemed like a nice bloke and it's so tough what's he being done. He was a little shy bag, oh. is what he was, and that's the truth. If you, do you know what? Any Liverpool fan telling you that he seemed like a nice bloke, go back to when he was fucking he was like, Well, certain managers that I won't name are saying this about me, and certainly done on numerous occasions about yeah. oh, he's not, he's a little fucking weasel, yeah, and he hmm. well he heading him and he's he, got he's got he he's, yeah. he's so far out was death to untrue at the end I'm of the day right? I'm devastated he was at sacked. the end of the day the simple <laughs> facts around Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is they sacked Jose Mourinho they brought in, in an interim manager to look for a proper manager and then mm. given the interim manager a long term yeah. deal right yeah. and then backed him with fucking 400 million quid and he turns out he's shy right and they sacked him that's the fucking end of it Right, and all this, it's the board and it's this. The only fucking thing they made a mistake was was actually, A, bringing him in as an interim manager, madness, and B, well, it was a PR job, and then B, giving him a contract. All this talk from, and I said this last night, Neville saying it's the board and it's this, get a, get a fucking grip yourself. He the pressure that enough. those ex-players... wasn't good enough. He, hold I on, think it's, hold on, think, hold I also think it's great hold that Ed Woodward has said who, that he's going to hang on now to make sure that they get the right manager well, there you go. the interim manager. I'll tell you why, because the key to all this, and I keep telling you, the key to all this is they want to find somebody that will come in, not rock the boat where they're taking a lot, shitload of money out and keep them in top four. That's all they want. They don't. Mm. If anything else becomes after that, that's fucking grand. They'll take it, but they don't give a shit. And that's where I understand United fans going, they don't give a bollocks. I'm, you know, they're not happy. I'm, I'm completely okay with that. But do not sit 
here and anyone and tell me that oh it's the owner's fault because uh Solchard isn't good enough no it's not it's his fault because he's not fucking good enough it's as simple as that he wasn't good enough and he should how he lasted that long was fucking amazing we had such a good time watching oh this. yeah it was See, so their biggest problem good. was winning that their biggest problem was that comeback in paris a few years back wasn't it yeah. that you know i seen a tweet today that, you know, i seen a tweet today right a fella and he wrote ole thanks for all right um Thanks for that mad uh, run game in Paris, that <laughs> mad force run, that mad away mm. run, um, <laughs> making it feel like the Fergie days again. And I was like, is this fella mm. on fucking drugs? Like, Ray, can I? It's, it's absolutely, I could go on about this for fucking hours because it's absolutely, oh, it's it's fucking deplorable stuff that's coming out about this. Ray, can I ask you, right? Would would you feel upset if Brent, <laughs> Brendan <laughs> <laughs> Brendan Rodgers gets the job. He no, is he is all. nailed on in my opinion for it. No, he's not. He's actually. I heard... If if I'm telling you, that, if Manchester United turned and said to Brendan Rodgers, "You take this job," he will be there like a light in the suit oh, with you know the big man crest that they have on their suit, right? Wherever it is, they have a big yeah. man crest that they always wear in this suit and the toy on, and he'd be standing there getting pictures taking all Trevor telling you about it's an institution, <laughs> and he'd be naming all the players and managers that used to be there. I'm fucking telling you, he would be gone like that. Oh, no yeah. doubt about Absolutely. it. And he's like, the ultimate yeah. yes man that they would want. They oh, won't. So- they just won't. It's just, it's it's too soon. I know it's probably about seven years since he's managed his but it's still too soon. <laughs> like, uh, it's just, I just can't see it. They'll go Andy, all out to try and get Poch. And the if you are Poch now and you're sitting there on the massive bag that he has at um, PSG and with all these players, Messi the works the whole lot, right? What would attract you to the United, <laughs> to United, uh, United job? I, I t- do you know what? I'd say he wanted that United job. I think he was he was he stayed out of a job for long enough for United to come mm. and get him, and they didn't. Mm. Mm. And he's he's gone off, and he's got the PSG job, and he has that job there for the next couple of years. Um, it is possible, like I mean, at PSG, well, you have to, you're gonna have to win the league. I mean, that's that's just a given. But then the little bit of overachieving is to go and win the Champions League. I'd say mm. he's safe there for another Champions League this year and next year. And um, why why would he go to United? United are in a really, really poor position. Any manager kind of in in a good job, like and who's doing reasonably well, like Poch, shouldn't be going there. The board are rotten. You've hit, you know, there's still so much, there's so much work there to be done. You can, you can kind of, it would destroy Poch's momentum. You know what I mean? He's came out of a sports what job. Momentum? I don't know what, I, I'm going to well, ask you a question genuinely because the fella I, honestly, hasn't won a career. trophy. Yeah, no. Can't well, win a trophy. Did you not win the can't PSG? Win a PSG. PSG won the league, did you not? No. No? Okay. He says he seriously not won a trophy then, yeah? No, he didn't win, he didn't win the league last season. And he's not there to see since the season before. No, no, that was his first. Uh, season. No, yeah, that was his fourth season. Yeah, well, look, they're eleven, they're 11 it, points clear in the French League at the moment. Yeah, yeah, after on top. But yeah. anyway, look, I'm, I'm, I'm and, talking about this. Champions I'm, League. They were close last season, you know. Yeah. I'm talking about his career momentum. Anyway, um, it it would be a bit of a. I think it would be a bit of a step back to go to United if he you know wins the league with PSG this season. Another good. Champions League season and they they fuck him out. He probably will pick pick up a Real job or, or something like that to go to United now. Nah, I don't. I think the only, I don't think he should. 
I don't, I don't think <laughs> I don't think he should, but because I think they're a mess. Not only not only the squad they have. I think the squad they have is quite good. But it's not bad. No, it's not bad at all. But I think the whole setup at that club and the motives of people at that club, and not only the motives of people at the club, the motives of mouthpieces in the media towards that club, and you know what I'm fucking talking about, the, the motives of those people is not a good scenario to go into. It simply isn't a good scenario to go into. Because I've never seen anything mm. like it, where the media is basically trying to control what goes on at Manchester. And I mean control, not make shit up and cause a frenzy and clicks and all. I mean literally are trying to control what goes on at Manchester United. And the, the setup for me at United, talking to United fans, is appalling from top to bottom. And he could go in and he could become a saviour there. If he got it right, he gets the money, he gets the team right, and he, he good. But I'm telling he'd be mad. And I, I'll say it again, any big manager looking at that now, I genuinely think I'm looking at Liverpool going as that fella going in two years because if I take the United job, I'm not getting the Liverpool one. And I genuinely believe that. Pretty toxic, Sorry, right. This is where I want to get got onto. Right, how do we avoid errors being a one and done, and turn into more of a sustaining piece of work? Because it took us so long to get to a point where we were a serious team again. It's taken us the guts of thirty years to get back to being a serious team again. I know we've had had instances with Rafa and with Julier and with Roy Evans before that, but we never had sustained brilliance that we have under Klopp. And I, as I've, I've said this many times, I want us to win another league title under Klopp because I think if he doesn't, his, his, there will still be that question mark over his time with Liverpool, which there shouldn't be, but this, this is what I, what I say. Um, but how do we organise this? Because what, from the outside looking in, I think that Jermaine Ferguson still has way too big a voice. And if you go back to when... Shankly packed it in at Liverpool. He he ultimately got barred from being at Melwood because they just didn't want them. They didn't want them around it because they just felt that the influence was too big at the time. And for the new manager that was there, he needed to have a clean slate and full control in terms of what, what what's going on. Mm. And you look at us, and if Klopp is is valid to what he's saying, we've got we're gonna <clears throat> the, the pattern looks like we're gonna lose our uh, the one of the key the key probably the keyest member on, under the whole FSG thing, which is Michael Edwards, because he's the fellow who's been discovering these players along with his team, and they've put this other guy in charge. So there's almost like, and I hate to say it, but it does look like they've tried to develop a succession plan. They have promoted a guy called Ju- that, that Julian Ward guy into the position rather going out to look for somebody, right? And does it not point to that they already have Klopp's successor, or they who they feel Klopp's successor is already in-house to try avoid this fucking circus that's gone on at Old Trafford? Yeah, I, pre- I presume you're referencing in Lenders. There, yeah. I Linders mean, or any yeah. of them. Like, no, yeah. no, I'm just, I'm just. But that's what it will come down to. It comes down to, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. It's about succession planning, you know, from. From the management point of view, also from the squad point of view, you know, um, you, we were talking about Salah earlier on. You know, you 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 you've got to nail down the core players. You know, we've got to continue to 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 get the best years out of these players and not you know have them move on before their time, sort of thing. So you know, we need to continue on with the likes. You know, you you think about. You know the, the 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 cornerstones of this team. I say squad. I wouldn't even say squad. I'd say the team. You know the likes of, you know, Allison, Van Dijk, Trent, um, Salah. You know, I, I I'd argue. You know, you, you've got you've got to continue to. You know, even Mane to an extent. Um, 
you know, midfield's a bit of a wobbly one because, you know, your captain is someone who's maybe on a bit of a sort of a gradual decline now. You know, I think, you know, the midfield, you know, how we succession plan in that midfield over the next few years is going to be pretty critical because we've got depth, yeah? We've got eight players there, you would say, from a from a rotation point of view, but we haven't got like a real kind of heartbeat like a Stevie G, for example, who you would say he's going to be there for the next five years. Do you know what I mean? So it all comes down to succession planning from a management point of view and from a mm-hmm. from a, a squad and the spine of this team's point of view. You know, the the, the downside of a dynasty you know, you know, someone like a Fergie or even, you know, you know, maybe a Wenger or someone like that. You know, when you when you have a manager that's been around and there's kind of like, you know, even when they leave, there's a shadow or a void left there. It's very hard to get back to that. And I think in some ways, if if Klopp only stays around for a relatively short period of time, I say relatively short, you know, if he's only around for, say, you know, eight years, nine years or whatever, and the succession planning is there, I feel a lot more confident that we could sustain success more than having somewhat, you know, having the problems that, you know, United are encountering post-Fergie, you know what I mean? And they're, they're constantly trying to scramble for that kind of same kind of recipe. You know, that's why they got hung up on, oh, we, you know, we brought back the great times with, you know, what it was like when Fergie was here. They're just, they're just stuck in that mindset of that was when we had the success. So we've got to get as close to replicating that as possible. So, you know, I, I think we've got, look, we've got to get, for me, we've got to get at least one more league in the bag in the next three years. Because if we don't, we're going to really regret it, I think. We've, we've really got to get another league in the bag. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be comparing Liverpool's plan um, for Klopp or anyone else's departure to Manchester United. I think it's absolutely mm. night and day. Yeah. Um, there's no planning going on there, Phil. There's genuinely no, no planning going no. on there. Like the only planning going on at that club is how they keep that ship sailing the way it is, i.e what money can we take out of that club every season? And how do we do it without rocking a boat? And that is all the planning they have. They, look, the Glazers bought it on a loan, put the fucking debt on the club, are paying it back, still have 500 million of debt sitting in that club. They've taken supposedly 1.5 billion out and sit on a 3 billion quid asset, which will be worth 2.5 billion. They'll make 4 billion quid over mm. 20 years out of this club if they sell them. Right? There's no planning going on there. Right, and the the actual thing is, a plan might actually hurt them because I I've seen people say, and I think Kev said it last night on the fat back four, you know, get Van der Sar in, right? He knows the club, but he's a really good sporting director at Ajax, and then take Ten Hag from there as well and put them in place and let them bed in and be the new face of Manchester United. The issue you have there is that they're close for close friends. Their close associates, they probably have the same idea on football. If Ten Hag decides that something at Manchester United isn't right, oh yeah, I don't have enough money, and Van der Sar is of the same belief and goes to the club, you're going to end up with an eternal war at the club, and they don't want that. They want everything. Everyone just look away now while we're doing what we're doing, and mm. Liverpool couldn't be any different. Like that guy that's come in, I, I spent a year with, with um, Edwards, um, known it inside out. Absolutely inside out, and he's just literally handing the baton over to him. Can, Same can what just, happened with Klopp and others that leave. Okay, so, so 
I guess then the fear for me, Gav, because we've all seen succession plans at various different places, and this mm. is not a slight on Liverpool, right? But yeah. they don't always necessarily work out. No, just 100%. because the guy has sat in and watched Michael Edwards do the job doesn't mean that he's as capable as Michael Edwards at doing the job. I've, I've seen people rubbish Michael Edwards in the chat. Fucking stupidity in terms of the comments that are going on. And there's a reason why FSG value him too highly and we've got this squad because of what, what he's been able to put in as part and put the structures in place. That's why he's a sporting director and has been promoted across the last 12 years at the club from to, to where he is today. The, I see somebody then said boot rooms don't work anymore. There's a reason that stopped working in the early 90s. That's an interesting concept. No, but it didn't. They, the boot room was, was broken yep. by bringing Seamus in. The, the um, second part, and the other part and, is, Andy, if, if you want... Uh, if you want, Hillsborough and what happened with Kenny and his uh, falling out with football broke that. I mean, they didn't have time to put the plan together for the next generation of... Kenny's career at Liverpool was was cut short and and they had to bring in Sionis and then when Evans came in it was like the boot room was back but that the chain was broken at that broken stage, stage you know what I mean and the, and that, that's sort of planning and, and when you when you talk about uh, United doing it and, and, uh, and planning from within like this is it's too late now because the chain is broken this should have been planned years before everybody knew Fergie was going to have to retire he was he was getting no younger and he kind of Fergie just... left uh, United with an, an agent team and I think he identified himself Moyes as a successor and we're looking at Moyes now and he probably wasn't a bad successor but maybe Moyes should have came to United a couple of seasons beforehand if you were properly planning now, like in a fantasy world, right? In an ideal world, Pep Linders takes the reign of Klopp, but but he has to be capable. Like he, yeah. it's, we don't but know whether he's so, capable yet. Andy, can I just on that right? The other point there's another point on that as well about that the boot room thing doesn't work. Blah blah blah. That was twenty years ago. It was the nineties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we've just witnessed twenty years of domination by one team in Europe, and that's Barcelona. And that's effectively and the same it. thing. They did it. We've heard about the mm-hmm. Masia and the whole thing that was in place. That was their boot room. That was their version of the boot room. And if it lasted, yeah. if we can get 20 years out of it, right, I'll take it. That gives mm-hmm. us another 15 years of great football and successive football and succession to keep coming with it. And if it means, I don't like how it's ended at Barcelona, it's horrific. But up until then, that's where we got it, right? And then, you want to look at you want to look at, at teams that put succession plans and are always considering what's the next step and they always like to promote from within and yeah. build from within. Bayern Munich, they've dominated the league and they've dominated everything for donkeys. And, and even look Ajax. what's happened. Look what's happened Barcelona since they broke their chain. Yeah, mm. you know since they changed their model and start buying players and just quick fixes, patches over what they were doing before, what they were doing so well. Klopp has brought the whole club together in the one place, and they're all playing club football from from the kids up now mm-hmm. you should be able to bring in you should be able to bring in some of the best talents across the world in as 15 16 year olds and and this is this is your succession plan like if people write off fsg saying that they you know that they just want to uh, increase the value of the club and sell like these these kind of things are mutual you know what i mean they they cross over you know they increase the value by winning trophies. They increase the value by saying to a potential buyer, look what we have for you here. Here is an opportunity for you 
to grow the value of the club even more, not bring it to a point where, where it can go no further that, oh, look, we've lovely shiny things, but now we're, we're cashing out. Like, we'll benefit from, from FSG's model where they want to increase the value of the club by, by making it... Anyway, look, I, I would love to see Pep Linders take over from Klopp because I think it's the ideal scenario and then the next the next guy in after him. But we just don't know whether he's capable at the moment. <laughs> but I think if Klopp... I think if Klopp was to, to give him his blessing, I think he'd be leaving Liverpool and... In safe hands, I I don't see I don't see um Jurgen Klopp leaving Liverpool in the mess that Fergie. Um, hopefully not. Left, hopefully not. And, and and Fergie should have left when he when he wanted to go the first time around. And if Klopp sticks to what he's planning to do, then so be it. Because all he did was delay the inevitable. In fact, you know he probably would have been in a stronger position. But thank fuck they didn't, and thank fuck they've gone the route they have. Because I want to see that the demise continue. Um, and until they're in the fourth division of English football, and we can just really laugh at them. And 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 Gary Neville can play against them, but Salford FC, you know, whatever the hell they're called, then we the can team, have the, the team team. will probably be made up of all the friends that all they made during this time as well. Well, they're all great <laughs> friends. <laughs> That's, we all make friends um, and remember we will continue to dominate as soon as the Mafia take us over in the summer um, because we have lots of money then uh, lots of different money from all around the world which is a great job altogether Gennaro Savastano at the top of the tree um, right that's been the forum tonight thanks for all the comments that have come back in um, and thanks for all the input and um, and thanks for loads of not the input some of the inputs were really shit that you sent in to us but we like to have interaction because that's what makes this this good Um Remember that if you want to go out on a piss with United, just give Brian Robson a buzz. He's organising a piss up with the lads at the weekend. Um, or email uh, Harry Maguire. Yeah, email Harry Maguire. And I think <laughs> Terry Venables is going in as an advisor to Brian Robson on the piss up with the lads to make sure that they can all He'll be the right there, bar. but he won't actually be there. But <laughs> just he'll definitely around. be there. Just hang around yeah. the jacks as you, as you yeah. go. Uh, Veranda Cheese, I take a Phil wants to go to bed. No, Phil has to go and feed the baby. It's the his baby nipples, feeding time. His nipples exactly. are starting to leak. Uh, starting to leak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy, happy. Tease them out now. <laughs> Get the pads oh, out oh and uh, clean oh, them off. Oh, it's it's 24th century. Everyone can breastfeed. Um, anyway, right, that's been the forum. I've been your host, Phil Casey. Beside me has been Ray Dicko from The Swamp. Uh, above yeah, Derby is, week next week. Derby week, oh, yeah. whatever, whatever that Mute means. Mute those WhatsApp Good groups. Luckily, <laughs> um, and then above him has been Andy Young. And beside Andy Young, of course, has been Gav. And that brings me around to me. Uh, that's been the crack. Hope you enjoyed it tonight. Um, Gav, when is football in the world on again? Thursday. Thursday. And seriously, everyone that's listening here, stop looking at the day trippers and just go watch football in the world. No, it's the best thing that. around. Fuck off. Uh, <laughs> well, watch the boat. Watch the boat. Uh, it's something completely different to what we're doing here. It's completely different, but it's, 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 yeah, it's completely different. Lads, talk about belt and show anyway. coming towards you. <laughs> belt and. I think we moved the forum onto, onto the football in the world. It's great. We can talk about loads of things. People then. don't know what football in the world is. People are going, where the fuck is this football in the world stuff? It's not called that. But I don't know. Um, we might make a show called Football in the World over somewhere. But if I can, we'll use the Where in the World team tune for it. That'd be the best ever. That, that, that actually will be what probably do a remix of it. Yeah, with Teresa Lowe. Um, anyway, who sang? Who, there was no singers on that, was there? We get one of the Lowe like, sisters or something to do. Andy can just Andy the could do the team tune. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best. Yeah, we get the keyboard just to break any needed. Just to freshen things up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right. That. Uh, that's been right. the show. Thanks to everyone in the comments. We'll see you all next week. Good night. God bless. Sports Social Podcast Network.